Welcome one, welcome all to episode 194 of the Xbox Expansion Pass recorded on September 10th, 2023. I am your co-host, Captain Logan, and normally I would be joined by Luke Lore. He would be the one doing this interview. However, he has lost his voice. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know why. I'm pretty sure I could guess, but we're going to keep this pretty clean as much as possible. So I am joined. I'm fortunate to have none other than PS Trophy Rooms, Mr. Badbit, Joseph Moran. How are you doing today, sir? Two times in one month. What's going on, you guys? I know it's you know. kind of it's kind of like it's busy for him and yeah. Internet is mean to me. Yeah, seriously. So it's like real <laughs> life's mean to him. Internet's mean to you. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, it's it's copacetic. It's nice. Uh, I appreciate you being willing to jump on to do this because originally like Luke was like, I have no voice. I feel sick. Yeah. What do you want to do? And I was like, you know what? I don't want to put any pressure on you. I just want you to relax. Enjoy this weekend. We'll we'll catch up next week. And he's like, okay. And you came out of the woodwork and was like, hi, I'm a professional podcaster. Would you gentlemen <laughs> like to have an episode this week? And we're like, yes, senpai, please help make episode. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't want you guys. It's It's the peak of like Xbox, you know. I guess hype yeah. where like Starfield's out. And I don't want you guys to miss out because, you know, Luke's extracurricular activities that yeah. include sucking golf balls through garden hoses is going to keep you guys, <laughs> you know, out friendly of reminder. Episode. Yeah. Friendly reminder. Please make sure that you, that you take your vitamin C's, make sure yep. that you sanitize the end of hoses, mm -hmm. uh, you know, make sure that you're washing your hands frequently. Yep. Um, you know, COVID is, is still out there. It's not nearly as dangerous as it was a few years ago, but, um, it's, it's, I mean, this was the first year I got it and it's humble brag, humble brag. I just tested today cause my mom had it and, oh. uh, COVID negative baby. Look at that. This is this bad bit getting, getting out I there don't know how no one got it in our house. <laughs> like no one but her. I, cause That's... she was careless. That being said, too, for the video watchers, you might be saying to yourself, wait, what's with this backdrop? It says trophy room and all the things. Listen, I didn't get any of the assets for the <laughs> Xbox expansion pass. So consider this free promotion. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in, in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Starfield. We are going to be talking about the latest update to uh, Xbox consoles, the Tokyo Game Show that's coming up. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Indiana Jones. Um, and then we have a couple smaller stories that we might get into as well, too. So uh, before we get into that, we always like to start this week off with words of kindness. Uh, Joseph, I wanted yeah. to toss it to you, sir. Do you have anyone that you want to share your words of kindness with? Yeah. Uh, what are their names in Starfield? The ship technicians, right? <laughs> that make it that you could customize your ship and its yeah. name. I think that adds an extra le level of immersion. Yeah. Uh, I've been lucky enough to get two ships for free and they're both fantastic by the way. Nice. So make sure you're doing all those side quests. I'm not going to like even give you the names, just do all the side content. <laughs> and, uh, because of the nice ship technician, I was able to rename my ships, um, Luke's mom one and Luke's Aww. mom version two. So there's wow. an A side and a B side, you know? Now I assume you've been putting uh, putting those two Luke's mom and Luke's mom version two through their paces. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah. Okay. And listen, she's a big broad, but she gets she yeah. gets through all like there's been multiple ships that come at her at once. And yeah. she's taken she's taken it all in stride. You know? Are you are you, you smuggling anything in, in her or in oh, them? Sorry. You could be listen, Luke's mom version two. Uh she's got a large trunk space, if you know what I mean. So you could store so many things. And I want to shout out to the adoring fan, aka Luke Lore, who is in my crew for knowing where he belongs, and that is in the cargo hold. <laughs> he doesn't get to be with anybody else. He's in the engine. <laughs> He knows where his, you know, he knows his place. I like that. Oh my God. Um, okay. So uh, for, for this week, I wanted to thank you for, oh. for stepping up. Honestly, my Shots. words of kindness. I've had some folks kind of, you know, I had some, a, a really good weekend last weekend, being able to go to uh, anime convention, talking to Sissy Jones. Um, and I want to thank her for just the time that she spent talking to me about uh, some of the the AI stuff that she's on the front of for voice actors that we'll get into this episode a little bit this week as well. Um, but I wanted to thank you because if it weren't for you right now, we wouldn't be having an episode this week. And I just want Luke to remember that when yeah. you start to bag on him uh, yeah. on Trophy Room. I feel like that's just the cost. That's just the cost of doing business. <laughs> you know, he gets to hear 45 to maybe an hour's worth of me ragging on him. And uh <laughs> Yeah, he'll appreciate it, I think. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he'll probably love this. Um, as with every episode, uh, we shout out the patrons, uh, the Tier 2 and Tier 3 shout outs. If you guys want to be on this list, uh, there's an easy way to do it. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Xbox Expansion Pass. You can support this content. It helps pay for Zencaster when Joe has to help out. It helps pay for the uh, services that <laughs> that we uh, that we try to use uh, to try and put this content together. It's not easy to do. It does take a couple hands to be able to get all this worked out um and your support goes a long way to kind of help with those causes because unfortunately the jobs that we do will help but it's usually a lot easier if a lot of people some you know help with a little bit as opposed to you know one big person i, I mean i would love to if there's a sugar daddy out there yeah. we can make that tier we can yep. we can make a sugar daddy tier that's Absolutely. that's easy um I'll be a sugar but i want to enjoy I know that I know that uh, uh, last week um, Luke kind of let you know about uh, the lip syncing, and uh, if you want to do that, you're more than welcome to. I'm not going to pressure you because I know Luke loves it, and uh, and and anything that you do to kind of like rub against him or his mom gotcha. always is uh, expected um, or, or at least understood. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I want to shout out to Robbie Bobby Miller, Silent Cipher, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain. Matto 1606, Randall Thor 19, Silkenit, Rick Gaffney, Zach LeCourteur, African aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you all so much for your love and your support. And just a reminder, we do actually have uh, the Tier 3 Xbox wrap-up episode for September. That's out. Uh, Luke and I did get to actually spend quite a bit of time um, recording and talking just about games in general, but also uh, Starfield had a really good in-depth thing there. And speaking of Starfield... 
Joe, Starfield yeah. had six million unique players this week, and we got a, a concurrency on launch of one million players. I know you've been playing a fair amount of it, uh, and and I've been playing a ton of it. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. You've you've had some time now with it a little bit more. Uh, we were just talking before the show about you potentially looking to get a Series S so that you yep. can play uh, when you're away from your your home console right. version of it. I would it. never play at work. I would never, never play that. at work. Never disrespect very, work that way. Yeah, very um, responsible. Always on breaks during lunches only. That's the, the best time yep. to be playing if you have to be at work. So yeah. knowing that, uh, I'm curious, what do you think of Starfield now? Like a, a little time removed away from the, the launch of it. Um, how are you feeling about it? So I have put, it's great that, that now we're talking about this because, you know, at, at the first week it was me and Luke and Luke and I had like, what, like five-ish hours between both of us into this game. <laughs> and now it's like a, a week after the fact. And I have put roughly around 25 to 28 hours into this game. So quite a bit nice. of time I've been spent on Starfield. And, you know, one person said it kind of right. Um and, and I and I I'm still I'm I'm still there where, where I was you know a week ago, which is like I can I can see sevens for this game, mm -hmm. I can see the nines for this game, like I could see the complaints that some people are having with the game, but I can also see the praise. And to me, Starfield, I, I feel like for some of the folks that may have been disappointed with it, are probably disappointed because. It doesn't have the exploration rewards that I think so many of us kind of want to see or we've gotten to see from games like, you know, Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom, where it's really the environments that are giving you the water cooler moment. And though there's yeah. some of that in Starfield, it's just not enough. Like the world's, for lack of better words, they kind of just seem flat and barren. Um, mm. And to me... I think where you're going to get the reward out of it is through the exploration of the lore and of the side missions, the side content that really do fill out the world. So to me, it's not about like, oh, I was running, you know, and all of a sudden a dragon appeared. It's actually the side content of like someone stopped me in my tracks. They asked me to go find this random cave. And in this random cave, you know, I, you know, met A, B and C and I had to fight it. Right. Or yeah. I got this really exclusive, like cool gun. Um, it's in those moments where Starfield really shines. Um, I feel like I have not met a character that I hated for the sake of they were written poorly. Like each character, no matter if it's mm -hmm. like a small part to play in the overarching story, I feel like they are a, 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 a living character thing within this universe right like it's not written yeah. half haphazardly um and it's through those stories that i'm getting lost in and yeah like some of them could be very like i could see where this is going but you're enjoying you're enjoying the ride as you're going through it so for me that's what is getting me lost in starfield it's not so much the exploration of like let me go you know surf the stars it's really I'm kind of thinking of it like I'm the Mandalorian. I go from one mm. job to the next and I'm yeah. just hunting down who I need to hunt down. So I'm getting lost in like the role play 
and mm. the, the the story aspects rather than the worlds themselves because i'll be honest some of the worlds kind of forgettable um yeah. and so for me it's it's really about what i'm doing the agency that that yeah. starfield gives me is where this game really shines and i am absolutely in love with it like I've put almost 30 hours in this game and I still really haven't touched the main missions of this game. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to try and do my best not to do too much spoilery stuff. Um, I'm Let's keep it spoiler free. Yeah. Let's keep I'll try, it. I'll try to know. keep it. Cause I don't want to ruin it for, for no. anyone. Don't even I, tell me mission names. I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah. So um, there is there is one achievement that I do think I want to talk to people after they've gotten this achievement, and it's called a high price to pay. I won't take I won't say anything else. Okay. But if if you have that achievement, I want to talk to you because uh, there's there's spoiler stuff that is tied around that time frame. That if you've hit it, I would love to know what your experience was because mine was was emotional um Ooh. i'm at 74 hours joe and i have been spending so much of my time pretty much every day uh i'm going in and i'm doing what you're what, exactly what you're talking about i am enjoying myself uh going from small mission to small mission uh i have spent my time shipbuilding i've got a ship that i'm very happy with right now it's it's long it's impressive and I've got a couple outposts and a couple uh, small mining rigs that I've set up um, around Aquila mm. uh, because I've, I've noticed with the outpost building that a lot of it is dependent on very specific types of minerals. And I've been getting frustrated because there have been, there's ways to like interlink the resources that you mine on different planets when you have outposts um, and all of that system is very complex. Uh, it is very hard for me to kind of grasp like what's an output. How do I delete an output link? How do I use the right cargo link? Should I be using an interstellar cargo link? Do I have the tungsten for this? Where do I find tungsten? And I'm getting a little, a little deep in the weeds on that yeah. to the point where I feel like I need to have a, a freaking spreadsheet to be able to do this. But I absolutely love it because I will go and uh, work on that for a little bit. Like I'll go, I'll get some minerals, I'll start, you know, like hopping from planet to planet. Uh, and what you said about the planets being kind of forgettable is is not untrue because uh, there is a, a mission where you have to go and rescue someone and you have an opportunity to visit them again. And I can't for the life of me remember what the name of the planet was yeah. that they were on. So they are forever stranded on this island. Rip. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen to them. Um, hopefully I don't find them like randomly and they're like, oh, hey, glad to see you finally made it back. And we're like, oh, this, this is awkward. It's been like five <laughs> years. <laughs> How it's you a survived. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, Tom Hanks, I did that's what it was. I left Tom Hanks on a moon somewhere and I can't remember where. It was Fair. Apollo 13. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I I've been having a ton of fun with that. And one of the things that I think I found with this game is that everyone's experience is slightly similar to each other's, 
but I've never, I have not run into anyone that has had the exact same experience. Yeah. And I've, and I've really appreciated that from the game. Uh, the things that I think have kind of been a little, a little draining on me is, um, I'm, I've been a little disappointed with a couple of the systems. Uh, but most recently, uh, I've noticed that relationships are not where I thought they would be, uh, when it came to, um, uh, like flirting and romancing and stuff like that. Uh, you and I are big fans of cyberpunk. Uh, yep. we've, we've had a lot of time spent on cyberpunk. We've been huge proponents, proponents of the game and its world. Uh, there's been a lot of comparisons lately of folks kind of comparing like neon to, uh, to night city. And I just don't think that that's a fair comparison given Not the scope of the, the games. Yeah. Um, and, but I wanted to bring up the, the conversation with you, you've, you've played through cyberpunk and I know that you've had, uh, multiple romances through there. How are you feeling about romances in Starfield? Do you feel like they compare well? Do you think that that's a, 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 uh, a point that Bethesda could improve upon given, uh, your experience with, um, cyberpunk and like Baldur's mm. Gate recently? Uh, good question again i think the the strength of all these games is that all the all their characters are written so damn well i am trying to romance andresia because i am a man of culture um <laughs> and um and she got very pretty ass but more than that uh i i feel like it's kind of like the typical bethesda nature of like romances so like mm. Bethesda has like a like a little like Bethesda flair to them that they just I don't know it just it feels like yeah this is a Bethesda joint when you're when you're talking to them and when you're trying to romance them whereas like Cyberpunk um I also chose Judy because I am a woman of culture in that game mm. and um and so like to me I found the 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 level of writing in cyberpunk, this is where I become like a cyberpunk stand, um, is some of the, just the best writing in a video game. I'll just say yeah. that like character writing as well. Like most of these characters are just so damn good where I was having a, a talk to our, with our friend Ainsley Bowden over at season gaming. And he said he almost left his wife because, <laughs> Because it just felt so real, you know, uh, that <laughs> his relationship with Judy just felt, you know, more compelling. Yeah. <laughs> no, sure. I... But like it, like to me, it's like, yeah, I think there's something about the relationships on in cyberpunk where they felt a bit more authentic, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. And how they would talk to you felt a little bit more authentic in that regard. But it's not like, this game is hindered by it. I just think that Baldur's right. Gate, in terms of like writing, Baldur's Gate and um, and Cyberpunk are just on another level. Yeah, they're all great. It's just it's 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 kind of like Coke and Cherry Coke. You know? Yeah, they're both different, great. Different. Which is a little better. I'm, I'm so okay. So I, I want to dig a little bit deeper onto this, okay. but I don't obviously spend forever on this, but. One of the things that I've noticed uh, in watching people play Baldur's Gate 3 and people in and, and my experience with um, cyberpunk is uh, a lot of it comes down to the, the what you're presented uh, visually, which obviously doesn't help folks that, that you know, have vision impairments, um, which surprise, you guys actually don't need glasses. Uh, I want to bring up 
the fact that with Bethesda, you've always kind of got that front on, uh, you know, three point lighting with the character and they're never really that they're, they're emotive, but they're not em- emoting in a way that really conveys the, the feeling that is being said. And yeah. I agree with you. I think the voice acting and I think the writing is killer with Starfield. I think they've absolutely done a fantastic job with all of the characters that I've, I've listened to. All of them have uh, realistic um, um, breaths or moments, uh, you know, expressions through through frustrations, things like that, that they've that they've done with the actual voice work. Uh, But I'm not feeling that when I'm looking at this character in front of me. And I'm wondering if maybe that is the difference between these two, these, you know, these games as far as like their interactions with uh, with people and, and invoking those emotions. Would you agree or would you disagree on that? Yeah, I think I think um yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head of 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 that. So I would I would agree 100%. I know I've sounded very unconfident there, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> I I I usually think of uh the interactions that I've had with uh Judy in, in Cyberpunk. They always seem to be very, very laid back and very kind of like you know, she'll get up and shift around the room as you're kind of talking with mm-hmm. her. And you see that a lot with Cyberpunk and I I would wish that Bethesda uh, and, and to to their credit, Outer Worlds does this too. Um, but I, I think uh, Bethesda style RPGs are a little too locked in on their characters when you're looking yeah. at them and having conversation. Uh, I wish that there was a little more freeform movement for the animators to be able to actually use the full body when it comes to expressing emotion because we do that as humans. And I think that that, that translation, yeah. if, if that criticism could be levied towards Starfield, I think that's the main one that I'm... I'm rubbing up against uh, right now. Yeah. To me, my biggest complaint was Starfield other than, you know, I can't actually park my damn spaceship uh, or break into the atmosphere um, <laughs> is probably, yeah, the encumbrance, just that alone is it's, it's I, when I first started playing, I was like, let's see how annoying this could get. And then the first mm-hmm. hour is like, this is pretty annoying. And now I'm at our like, you know, again, like 25 or 28 around there. I'm like, this is only getting worse. Like the, mm. like, and I feel like a fast fix would be, Hey, all the minerals and shit that I have in my pockets. How about we nerf the weight of them significantly so that yeah. I, you know, can pick up more than five things. Um, even like my ship, just like, I, I feel like that would help storage a great deal. Um, yeah. I think it, it comes down to Starfields, maybe, biggest sin is the skill tree isn't isn't improving you it's it just feels like it's getting the basic things unlocked for you and that's that's a bit of a bummer yeah no i i definitely see the criticism there and i and i don't disagree i hate encumbrance i i've told the uh, obsidian devs this um personally that i hope that that's not a system that they that they continue with with outer worlds too uh, I, and, laying down and the character sucks. Stop doing that. I'm already holding yeah. four guns. It's already not real. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, just yeah. let me have a big backpack. Who cares? It's it's uh it's it's a it's something that like I understand that this is a staple of the franchise uh, or or of the studio, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is the correct path. One of the things yeah. that I think I love about uh, other franchises in the industry is, is that they're willing to let go of um, tropes or, or uh, mannerisms. Sneaking 
crouching is not sneaking. Crouching is just you walking weird. There's yeah. a reason why Pedro Pascal was like, I'm not, I, I'm too old to be crouching around in, in the last of us show. Yeah. It's just not realistic. Yeah. Um, so I would love for there to be a way to, to actually like address sneaking, uh, better than, than what we're currently doing, because I, I, I don't think that the crouch mechanic is a sufficient enough, uh, mechanism. And we just haven't come up with a better, a better and, way of doing it yet. And the thing that annoys me again, it's, it's, I maybe the biggest pain point of, of Starfield is like in Skyrim, you have the meter over their head, right? Of like, hey, yeah. they're about to notice you. Maybe you slow down. In Starfield, you have to unlock that. I think that's so dumb. It's like this oh, has been a staple throughout all your games, and I have to unlock that. No, that that's silly. So like, huh. again, there's just some things that I feel like um, it's almost like locked behind a paywall. <laughs> you know, like just some <laughs> basic features are locked behind me having to spend a, a skill tree. Like, yeah. for example, there are some skills in the science. I think. Uh, one that I don't want to unlock, but I feel like I have to just in order for me to mod my weapons more. It's like, yeah, come on. Yeah. You don't uh, like my guy doesn't understand how to put an ACOG scope and a grip on his rifle. Like, <laughs> like, like he doesn't know <laughs> that two things could go on a gun. It's like, I, yeah. oh, how do I put a scope and a bayonet on my gun? It breaks their brain until I spend four <laughs> levels. Come on. You know, it's stuff so, like that. I, 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 I want to say that a lot of the things that uh, that we're talking about are are the nitpicks in this yeah. game. Because um, again, I'm 74 hours into this. You're 30 hours into this. We're spending the time and really loving it. Um, there's there's a point where I will have to say that I most definitely see this being a solid eight for me. Uh, Ooh, okay. And I, I know haven't you were a little bit lower. <laughs> son of a gun uh listening to luke too much um so no i i've hit some major story points uh again that i don't want to spoil because they were so good that i was like man that was really well done i'm glad that uh i'm glad that i i haven't i haven't like done a, a full review because i haven't made it through the story yet i haven't made it okay. through the end i haven't seen credits yet but there have been some fantastic uh story twists in this game that i think really does service the the characters that you're around well mm -hmm. and it's one of those moments where it was it was emotional it was very uh exciting to be able to go through all of that and at the end of the day i i think more studios need to be willing to cross uh the boundary of of you know, what is expected, you know, I, I, and I, and I think I see this in other games, but not too often, um, especially with TV shows, you know, shows always are, are, are always, you know, uh, subject to like Mary Sue's or yeah. Superman type characters that have just plot armor that you, you, you know, they're, they're always going to be around. And I love it when shows like Game of Thrones, uh, come in or, or like Andor where they're willing to do stuff that is more living within that gray zone. And I think Starfield has moments like that where it lives in the gray. And yeah. it's willing to do stuff that is morally questionable, but ultimately uh, a decision that you have to make. And I and I've yeah. really appreciated that. Yeah, uh, where I like where I'm currently landing, where my head is at the moment. It, again, I can see all the criticism and I can see all the praise, and yeah. I'm I'm definitely around where where you're at right now. Where it's like, yeah, listen, Starfield ain't a ten, you know, like it's got flaws, and that's okay. 
you know, and, yeah. and, and I could see where, but again, people go and they rate it like a seven. I totally see that. Um, I'm in the, I, I'm, I'm in this weird place where I'm like, to me right now, again, haven't beaten it, but like it's living in, if I had to give it a numerical score, it's living in an 8.5 for me. Like yeah. I, this is like, it's really good, but there are just some weird decisions in terms of how they explain or don't explain certain systems. Um, it's really good. And I am going to be, you know, rolling credits on this game, you know, and this is a game that, listen, I'm a PlayStation guy. It, it, it's put an Xbox controller in my hand. It's made me forget. I have not turned my PlayStation on in, in oh almost a week. God. And I got the Spider-Man one. Okay. I only turned it That's on to, crazy. up to, so like, I'm telling you, it's ripped me away. It's done. It's done what it's, it's needed to do. Um, yeah. So like, I'm thoroughly enjoying my time. And I think when you get, better ships uh when you get to create your own and you know you're battling through the through the cosmos those mm-hmm. those parts are re- like when you figure out how space combat works holy crap is yes. it so much fun you know yeah. the combat where people feel like it needs to evolve maybe put in a slide mechanic maybe that's locked in a skill tree but like honestly the shootings never felt better in a bethesda title um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of refinements that Bethesda has done with this game that I really appreciate. So to me, I I, I kind of think this is, you know, it's not Skyrim for me. <laughs> Skyrim yeah. is a game that is one of my favorite RPGs of all time. But like, this is definitely, this is definitely sitting right below it. I think it's a, I think it's a really great game that y'all need to play. I can't wait to get to those story beats that you're telling me about because there i've experienced what you know luke and i were talking about the horror elements yeah i think those i didn't have that (laughs) awesome oh dude when you get to that at all side again it's all about the side content i didn't stumble in it because i you know was exploring mars i stumbled on it because i took this mission so you know it's um yeah it's 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 a really great game and i I love to see its success at 6 million players within just the first week. Uh, at 1 million concurrent, that is nuts. Uh, I think like there's, I think only PUBG in terms of just Steam has been able to do that, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, like somewhere close to. So like that's a huge number that Microsoft has hit. I hope it's it's everything that they've wanted because it's, uh, you know, this is it. This is This is awesome. So, yeah. I'm loving Starfield, y'all. Loving it. Hogwarts Legacy came close with about 880,000 concurrence. There you go. So, Take that, JK. <laughs> we really showed her. I hate her. Oh, God, I hate her so much for ruining everything I've loved about the freaking <laughs> wizarding world. God. Uh, can't you just be a decent human being? That's right. Well, I so to to kind of bounce off uh, on that into one of our questions, Matthew yeah. Kennedy wrote a very nice uh, question for us and says, uh, hey, saw Luke posted questions for the show over on Twitter slash X, uh, but there isn't enough characters. So sorry for being a little long winded, but I wanted to give so much history and context. So here goes. Uh, I wrote this exact question to the Nerd Chat Xbox crew when the IGN score came out and I wanted to ask us on XEP. Uh, So a little context, Matthew Kennedy is a huge Bethesda fan. Uh, They went out and got a gaming laptop and a Series S and X just so they can play Starfield uh, in all future Bethesda titles. So with all that said, here is their question. 
I know, or the they know that a lot of us probably aren't guys that base all our games, uh, video game experiences over critic scores. Um, they got into a friendly debate with a friend not too long ago who thought Starfield was going to score in the high to mid to high 90s on Metacritic. Uh, they politely argued back that you rarely see uh, massive on open world games score that high, let alone a Bethesda game. For reference, Fallout 4 was in the mid 80s. Um, and uh, Matthew can't imagine 76 or Fallout 76 in the original PC uh 360 and ps3 scores for skyrim were definitely in the 90s um but that's going back over a decade uh matthew's uh guess was that it would be at 84 when all was said and done which is still actually a little bit lower than where it did land up um that is a comfortable place where your most recent massive open world bethesda games uh sit um so he's curious seeing the scores are you genuinely disappointed uh, he's still incredibly hyped to play this game for years to come, and uh, they could definitely care less about the scores. But when this and Redfall were supposed to be tentpole games for the Xbox ecosystem, do those numbers fall short for, for us, especially since Xbox is uh, a, a, like my main console, one of your side consoles? Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at it right here. I'm just trying to trying to get it here. Okay. I got the PC version. So mm. currently Elder Scrolls Skyrim is Bethesda's best game in terms of critically reviewed at a 94. Uh, that's 100% where I'd put it. Skyrim is for all the bugs. And I think, again, you know, this is also 10 plus years ago. I know we're all yeah. feeling old now. Um, <laughs> so there was less review sites actually reviewing games, which means your scores are going to be skewed dramatically higher because yeah. of that. Um, so that being said, Fallout 4, uh, 88, still a great score. And from where I get my, my you know, my data from, which is Open Critic, um, Starfield's sitting right now currently at a 87. These are all really great scores to have. If you're any studio, no matter who you are, you you're happy of that score, right? Um, what people really need to understand is as there are more content creators and more outlets, um, there's just more coverage of games now than ever, more reviews than ever. Um, you're going to get, it's going to be harder and harder to get that 95 plus your game has to do something pretty gosh dang amazing to reach that and luckily 2023 we've been blessed with many titles this is an outlier year that have mm -hmm. reached high 80 to low 90 right um yeah. and like Baldur's gate being Baldur's gate in tears uh, of the kingdom scoring 95s 96s um they're impeccable games so i would want to just again stress that like review scores are in everything especially because now there's there's more of them than ever so you actually get to 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 go out there and find a reviewer that fits your play style and that fits your taste of game right so i know i have a few i know dan stapleton respect he's been on the show <laughs> probably isn't my guy that i'm gonna go for like i'm yeah. gonna probably go for a skilled up right um yeah. but 
there is someone out there that does really like Dan Stapleton reviews really Mm -hmm. jive with them. You know, they're like, Oh, we're into the similar games. So his review is going to speak to someone out there. Right. So you have the great opportunity here in 2023 to find the reviewers you respect and and admire um, their opinions. And you get to go out there and, and assess that way. These big like amalgamation of like numbers, you know, like aren't a good indicator of quality of a game. You know, I know Luke is like, I, I love sevens. I'll be swimming in sevens. It, I mean, yeah, it, it, just because a game rates a seven doesn't mean it's bad. It means it's good. You know, just because a game mm-hmm. rates a six doesn't mean it's bad. It means it's okay. Um, and I'm actually one that I feel that we need to ex- explore that scale much more. Uh, so to me, I don't view Metacritic as a success of of almost any kind. It's only a success for developers if their game hits that level or if their bonuses are somehow tied to uh, the reviews of these things. So to me, if I'm Bethesda and I'm looking at it right here, right now, and I'm like, 87, that's great. Um, Six million people are playing my game this week. That's amazing. And that's probably the only metric they truly care about. So yeah. no matter how you, you skew it, it's things are looking good. Look, in PlayStation land, not everything is going to be a nine or a 10, right? We're, we're, we're cursed with 88s. Our games always get somewhere in the range of 88. And that's fine. Because to me, at the end of the day, eight, eight's a great number. Um, so I, I get it. People get lost in the sauce because they want to see the accolades of numbers behind the, you know, the, the stock image, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a great game. And I feel like with game pass, it kind of removes the necessary need of, you know, looking at a Metacritic because you could be like, okay, it's a 70, whatever it's on game pass. Let me just try it for 15 minutes right yeah or oh cool this game's a 90 let me check it out and see for myself where this game's gonna fall so that's where i'm i'm kind of at man i think you guys are pretty blessed over here at the xbox uh land because you guys do have game pass it kind of does eliminate the need for really skulking through and and seeing what reviews are gonna hit for you because you guys get to kind of try it and drop it if you don't like it I also want to call out and expand upon what you just said, because I think because of Game Pass, uh, there's less there's less pressure on launches. Um, if, if anything, the pressure on launches is how will it compare to Sony and not how will it do as a game? Uh, because I think Sony tends to have to live off of those big launches and the, the, the hype that builds up to those. Um, because it is it is a cost factor, uh, especially for um, a lot of that was nice. That was smooth for the listeners. You have no idea the the the, the acrobatics. The fan was making the fan was making noise, so I had to go to the switch <laughs> and kind of yeah. You did Hi. it well. I appreciate Thank it. Um, Sony fans have to really kind of live and die off of you know selling that seventy dollar game. There's not a day one subscription price that you can pay to be able to get yeah. the the big titles uh which i i you know after listening to the trophy room this week uh i i agree with you that i don't think that that type of 
uh, development cycle is sustain sustainable. I think that we do need to make shorter games um, that are, are more accepted in a double A capacity at a cost that still, you know, is roughly around what a triple A game would be and know that, you know, there's, there's room in that marketplace. Um, it doesn't have to be a, a billion dollar production game for it yeah. to, to, you know, succeed. It can still and be a small title. Yeah. And I think, uh, that's what makes game pass really pr a pretty lucrative thing where like, uh, you know, you can have like a, a, a game that's like, outer worlds or outer worlds to be pretty darn successful it's a smaller rpg but it's still it knows what it wants to be i feel like yeah. in the next few years um games are really going to need to know what they are in the project side of things when you're getting it off the ground what is this thing attempting to do um and and kind of limiting its scope from the gate because you're right a lot of these games are trying to do so much i always put up valhalla as the is the, the example because i think it's the perfect one where it's like this game is a hundred plus hours of content holy that's a whole bunch of stuff and as yeah. budgets balloon how do you um make that game you know and listen yeah. starfield can be a 100 hour game but it can also be a 15 20 hour game so it's yeah. it's one of those it's one of those things where when we're ten, when we're starting to look at review scores where we're talking about games is I feel like we all the, the only reason why you know metacritic matters at the end of the day is it's an easy number for one person to shove in the face of another person to tell them they're wrong right um it mm. and at the end of the day I don't use that metric because I, I don't care. Like, so like Starfield could have rated that seven across the board. I'm like, well, curiosity and 15 bucks a month tells me I should see what this is all about, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, and I agree. I think it's a good baseline and I think it's a good way to, to really kind of determine, you know, is this giving, is this a high enough score that it falls within the range of you showing interest to look into it yourself? Anything below a seven chances are I'm probably not going to give much attention to uh, unless there's a lot of groundswell from the community saying that this game deserves better. Um, and I think that that's a, a, a mindset that I go into. If it's above a seven, uh, then I'm, I'm most definitely going to give it some time to research it, look into the reviews and actually, you know, think about like, okay, well, is this something that I want to look into? Um, yeah. And some of the games that are coming out on Game Pass this week are games that I think are in that territory. Uh, this week, we've actually got Solar Ash and Lies of P alongside Starfield coming out. Uh, Solar Ash being uh, Heart Machine's third game um, after Heartlight Breaker or Hyperlight Breaker and Hyperlight Drifter. Uh, this is the first 3D game that they've made. And uh, Lies of P coming out, a Pinocchio themed Souls game very much what i think you are are into for for uh as far as like actual gameplay style so are you excited to jump onto lines of p are you going to pick it up on uh game pass or are you going to pick it up on playstation great question it depends on if i get a code or not <laughs> um but from what <laughs> i've been hearing um this is going to be my game. <laughs> so this is, you know, if, if there ever would be, and will be a bloodborne sequel, this is what this game, this is, this is it. This is the spiritual yeah. sequel to bloodborne. I just hate the theme. I think Pinocchio's, I, I could curse. Cause I get to bleep it. 
fucking lame. So um, <laughs> that that's the only thing that depresses me. Is like, oh god, Geppetto's in this. That weirdo. Like, I don't want him anywhere near me. <laughs> so um, you know, I always think of the Family Guy skit with the lying thing. Anyway, that's and um, look it up, kids. <laughs> but I'm really excited for Lies of P. I think even like now that they're starting to really ramp up what this game is, um, it's looking more and more like this is this is Bloodborne 2 and I am. And it, it doesn't feel like it's like Bloodborne at home. Like this just, or we have Bloodborne at home kids. Like, yeah, this feels competent. So I am very excited. Really? Yeah. I'm really interested to see if the okay. studio is able to deliver on this game. And from that demo and the way they've talked to us, it seems like they can. They have a really bright future really bright yeah it's it's one of those ones that i remember seeing when they first announced it and thinking that is a dark souls bloodborne game if i ever saw one Mm -hmm. i i personally have no problem with geppetto i think that's a a, you know pinocchio all that that's fine with me um i think the the interesting thing here is uh that this is going to be given an opportunity to shine with Mm -hmm. game pass that it's very much in the way that Outer World, or not Outer Worlds, Outriders, Outer um, Outriders. Had, a, had an opportunity to really kind of show like what a Destiny like could be from another studio. And I think that Outriders did a lot of things right, even if they didn't necessarily execute perfectly on the, on, on the, the performance level of the game. Yeah. Um, so Liza P coming out, uh, I believe it's on the 16th. I think it's on the 16th. I, I think 16th or 19th, but I'll check for you. I'll check for you. It is, don't, don't it you is the 16th. It. Oh, we got 16th? it. We got it down below. Yeah, I just got to scroll. Um, so uh, Solar Ash coming out this week, as well as Lysis P. Uh, I'm wondering. Listen, I hate these... to call you a liar, but it is September 19th. Is it September 19th? Yep. yep. Oh, my gosh. Did it get delayed? That's crazy. Know. Okay. I'm. I, in in our in our in our little breakdown at the bottom of our show notes, it has 16th, and I could have swore I saw that on there. And of course, I forgot to put the link to the actual. How dare you, dude? How dare the you? actual article. There Look, is I like I said, if you together. get the deluxe version, you get 72 hours of early access. Oh, okay. That's a that's a topic for another day because I want to get into that. Uh, but. This is kind of capping off the rest of September outside of the Cyberpunk DLC that's coming. Joe, do you think we're going to get anything new at Xbox Tokyo Game Show on the 21st? Yeah, you're going to get a ton of stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. It's, are, there, are there franchises from Japan that are on Sony that you think will make it to, its way to Xbox? With 100. I, I, yeah, I think I think we talked a little bit about it. I, I talked about it with Luke a few weeks back, but like, yeah. you're definitely going to get like your Final Fantasies on here. You're going to probably get like an Octopath level of like, you know, it's coming. To Xbox, finally get uh, the two, yeah, the Pixel remasters like mm. coming to Xbox. So I think Square cool. Enix is going to be there in a really big way, and I think you're going to see more, you know, Atlas and Sega on that Xbox stage. I think Xbox is doing everything they can to make a dent in that Japanese market. Um, mm. I am just still of the mind that it's this is not so much a, a play for Japan more than a play for people that play uh, Japanese developed games in Western territories. Yeah. More, more so. So it's really to get people going, I would, or it's, it's like the people that are like, I'll buy my PlayStation for final fantasy. No, they, 
they want you not to do that. So that's kind yeah. of where I think their angle is here. Cause to me, even like PlayStation seemingly kind of dropped Japan as like this, this market that is, is well, powerful. You know, they it's, shuttered it's a bunch of their studios over there. Yep, Japan studio rip. Yeah. So to me, I, I feel like, listen, I personally have been very disappointed with how PlayStation is viewed literally the home country. Um, but <laughs> it, it really seems like the switch is just the mainstay of you know nintendo's yeah. presence is just felt so yeah yeah i i do think the portability of the switch has uh overtaken the 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 the, the gaming market over in japan i just think yeah. that and i the think way Xbox's that xbox's play needs to be and i listen i i hear the internet's way better over there right that but mm-hmm. like their play really ought to be cloud like i better see tablets on there you know phones you know yeah. people got them over there like like put that in the in the in the demo uh you know in the kiosks mm-hmm. that's what i feel like needs to happen it's interesting too because uh recently i've started seeing this more and more um i know jess corden talked about this uh i've seen a couple friends mention this but xbox uh has been having some queue times with x cloud uh up, upwards of 30 minutes to be able yeah. to play a specific game um very interesting to see why that is an issue now maybe there's more adoption due to maybe you know that being a thing um i did want to ask uh and, and forgive me if this was brought up last week and i just don't okay. remember it uh do you think that we will get any word from kojima about their about his game no that will be on an official xbox stage interesting okay yeah that will 100 percent be i mean i i would be surprised and i would love it i i'm a new newfound kojima fan but like that's mm-hmm. something i think they like that is something for um whatever they do the the fan fest and the and the uh xbox showcase like that's a that's huge yeah okay i always thought that th- this would be a, a great opportunity for him to kind of be spearheading xbox's uh drive for japanese uh marketplace and yeah. and having that at tokyo game show would be kind of a nice olive branch to the market to be like hey by the way this this man that you all love uh is is working on an, an xbox game and maybe potentially having some help with uh uh mina sako uh, sato kato i think is uh how you say it. her her uh act or joining xbox yeah may help kind of usher in some of that um the one thing that isn't japanese based that i'm very interested in actually deals more with punching nazis yeah um, which is always a fun thing i wanted to bring up indiana jones uh just real quickly in an esquire interview with todd howard uh he teased that in 2024 um we would probably start to actually see more about the indiana games or indiana jones game uh that machine games is working on currently with the 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 fanfare that's coming in from starfield it would be yeah. great to see uh, another game from Machine Games and to have it be an Indiana Jones game. Joe, I'm an old. I was there yeah. back in the day when, uh, uh, you know, River Phoenix was still alive and, and, and young Indiana Jones. Yeah. I, I, I love Indiana Jones as, a, as a, an actual IP. Um, I get that it's not relevant nowadays and that, you know, that bums me out. But It hurts my soul, dude. I love the guys. <laughs> I love Indiana Jones. I I love Indiana Jones. 
Yeah. It's my IP. And it bums me out that like Dial of Destiny, which was a good flick, did not mm-hmm. do good. Yeah. Makes me sad. And I think it's time that we, you know, much like how Spider-Man gets reboots every few years because Sony licensing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I do think Indiana Jones deserves to have a reboot. I think we yeah. could do a new Indiana Jones movie with a new Indiana Jones and accept the fact that Harrison Ford is, is, you know, done with the role. Yeah. Um, but to, to get into the, to the news here, Todd Howard teasing that 2024 is probably when we'll actually see um, the full reveal for Indiana Jones, Bethesda themselves uh, very much of the nature that they don't like to talk about a game until they're actually ready to actually launch it. Most of their games yeah. usually come out around three to six months after launch. I think Starfield is the one exception. And I think that's a lot of mostly like Xboxes, kind of them being like, hey, you sure. know, take your time, make sure this is polished kind of thing. Uh, do you think that Machine Games is done with this, that they're getting close to finishing up and that it'll come in 2024? Do you think this is going to be a 2025 game? I know I know that it was kind of all hands on deck to get Starfield out. Um, mm-hmm. So I know like probably all of, I know Machine Games was on it. On it. Arcane was working on it a bit. So I, mm. I think for the most part, we're going to start seeing, we're going to start hearing about this game really soon. If it is in that six month window, I would love it. I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore, um, but I would really love to see it. I think to me, what is the most interesting is if you ask Luke where his parents were or his grandparents were when they fought the war, he gets really <laughs> silent. He gets, he, he's like, can we just change the subject? He's yeah. like, I don't need to talk about that. He's like, he's like, they're from Argentina. And I'm like, really? Cause you're blonde hair, blue eyes. And he's like, yeah, I'm part Argentina. Let's just, just shut up. Let's, st- let's talk about it's, something else. It's so weird. How many fights his grandfather lost? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's just a very interesting conversation just, to have. It's, it's really interesting. <laughs> he gets really defensive about it. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> What's he got to hide, so, I guess. I, I'm glad that we're going to I if if this is the case, I would I'm totally fine with uh Where was he the, on January sixth? You know, he said he was he had a cold. He wouldn't, you know. It's it's uh, you know, it, I think he might be uh you know helping bail someone out right now. But um I wanted to I wanted to say that this coming out in twenty twenty four is totally fine with this. Yeah. 2025 i'm even i'm even happier if this waits till 2025 because that brings yeah. me to one of our other listener questions which Ooh. comes from jam pack sam okay do you think we have too many games even just looking at the roster for october is insane let alone thinking about january through december joe how much time are you spending on on games right now and do you have enough time for those games Yo, real talk, it, the, my brain felt overwhelmed <laughs> with this question. <laughs> yeah, there's too many games. Holy crap, this year's been phenomenal. Uh, it's just been phenomenal. Look, Dead Space Remake was in the beginning of this year. I played mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4, and I was like, wow, there's not, I don't I don't know how a game <laughs> tops this for my game of the year. And then, like, Jedi Survivor, <laughs> Diablo, <laughs> Zelda, Baldur's Gate, and Starfield <laughs> happened. And I know I'm forgetting some. So it's like, yeah. Whew. Now, at the end of the day, though, I will say I am the most excited, of course, for Spider-Man, because uh, that's, my, that's my superhero. I'm going to be mm-hmm. playing the shit out of Miles Morales, but yeah, there's so many games. 
Are you are you excited okay. to play more as Peter Parker or Miles Morales? I'm I'm assuming Miles because of the nice. the Puerto Rican heritage there. That's right. Uh, which I resonate with, and I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, are you are you going to be annoyed if you if you get because I there are certain story writers that do like one character up to a a a, a cliffhanger moment, and then yeah. they switch you over to the other character, and then you have to like wade your way through like the story till you get to another cliffhanger moment with that character and then they switch you back and you're like oh stop it just let me enjoy the moment of having having this like uh story point do you think they're going to do that with spider-man too are you worried about that at all you like uh, that? i think they are going to do that i think we i'm not worried about it because they heard about our issues with the you know the spider-man ps4 when they switched us to miles and, and mj so you know those okay. sections feeling like like a slog i think they're gonna do something pretty like i feel miles and peter are gonna play pretty similar to the point where it's like they pretty much have the same ultimate abilities but they look different mm -hmm. that's what i'm gonna probably think because i think um miles has way more agency than we think and i definitely think it's going to be a uh metal gear solid 2 type of situation Ooh, so. i love metal gear solid 2 god that game was good i wish i I'm, knew I'm, I, all i know is about the twist oh really yeah oh that's I've right you haven't played them I'm, oh. a, I'm a fake gamer remember this i will i, I will was be five very when that interested game to out. hear <laughs> but i, I should have been playing about, it i don't want to talk about how old i was when i, when I was playing that 33 uh, I, I got it i oh god stop uh i'm very interested to see um if you i think you can skip one i think you should just okay. jump straight into two when the remasters come out uh okay. because i think that that game was it's going to feel dated but yeah. it is it was worth it for certain moments um unfortunately one of those was was ruined for you the way that final fantasy 7 was ruined for me so it, it, all that said i i want to get back to the question here because i sure. feel like Sorry. Uh, I, I, we, we detoured strong off yeah. of that one i tangent a lot with podcasting um so good. let's just start I, questioning luke's heritage again yeah <laughs> 45 minutes of berating this is what this was uh jam pack sam yes there are too many games but i'm very happy for that because i live and breathe off of bargains i love that ten dollar to fifteen dollar sale on games man a year later i will happily go out and buy that physical copy for 10 bucks from best buy because who it feels so good to save yeah. money on that and still and know that it's only been like a year from the zeitgeist that's yep. the best part right now it's like movies that come out three months after they've been in theaters i'm like i didn't have to waste that 30 bucks i can watch it for free on the service i'm already paying for exactly so. yeah and and knowing that like this game comes it's so close to like black friday yeah like half of those games i'm not worrying about because i'm like i know what my list is right so it's like starfield liza p cyberpunk right then after that it's mirage spider-man then after that, Ooh, it's okay. everything else is a Black Friday sale. So like, to me, it's just like, <laughs> I get to wait. I just get to wait. I buy my time, you know? And much like, uh, much like you, I, I too, am, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Black Friday to see, see what kind of deals are, because I know like I'm, I will most definitely wait for some of those $10 deals where I can go and buy the hard copy yeah. uh, and stick it in my Xbox Series X or my PlayStation 5 with Ooh. disc. And be able to play those games 
um, which kind of falls in line with what I think Ryan Cohen, CEO of GameStop, says, which is all distri- or all consoles should have disk drives as required. Um, I see that as a big win for me when I want when I want to buy games cheap. He says that con- consumers have in, have also invested in their hard earned money into physical video games. Disk drives should be required on consoles. According to GameIndustry.biz, they noted that at the end of 2022, that only about 28% of game consoles uh, sold were boxed copies of the game, and that 72% were going towards digital purchases. Should GameStop stick to Pops vinyl figures, or should they start continuing uh, the the drive for physical media? I, I have opinions on this. Joe, what do you think about GameStop's uh, CEO, Ryan Cohen, really saying this? really sad when they go, dude. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, because I've gone to this, I've worked at this GameStop. I've shopped at this GameStop ever since I was nine years old. Yeah. Right? Like, I would work there against child safety laws. But, like, that was, like, my first real job was GameStop. So, Mm. like, a part of me is going to be happy because they fired me. But secondly, I'm going to be really sad because, like, that's where I buy all my stuff. And Mm. he's saying this in terms of, like, yeah, like, of course he's saying this. He wants to stay yeah. in business. His business is going to falter. Uh, he needs he needs to buy himself time. Of course he's going to say this, as we're seeing, you know, the Series S and the PlayStation 5 is about to be revealed, or re- Revision is about to be revealed, and it's going to be discless. So, of course, they're saying all consoles should have a disk drive because they know, look at 72% of people bought digital. I'm one yeah. of those people. You know, I bought the the PlayStation Five with a disc, uh, not because I wanted to, but because I didn't want to reward scalpers, right? So like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to use that disc drive probably. So for me, I totally see what he's saying, uh, but I also agree with it. I, I yeah, there should be another, there should be more than one ecosystem when you're trying to buy your game, right? Because the mission of PlayStation and Xbox is to trap you into their ecosystems. So you're only dealing with them so that they're getting as much profit uh, that they can from you. Because if they're buying from GameStop, GameStop's getting that cut. And if you're selling your game at GameStop and you're buying it used, they're not getting any of that money. So they'd rather you be locked in with Game Pass. They'd rather you be buying on the Xbox store, the PlayStation store, um, because they, they want all of that profit. So I get what he's saying, but at the same exact time, people's internets, like, you know, yours last week and Kyle's always, isn't the best here, right? <laughs> so, like, we got to do, listen, he's one, the one that complains about it. You know? I have one weekend where I have a hiccup and they're yeah. out of internet and I'm out of internet for 24 hours but and I. <laughs> some people don't have that, right? So, like, some people yeah. only got, like, DSL. So, like, to me, it's like, yeah, make it, make it so that, you know, you. The, as as long as the consumer has more options, that's mm-hmm. always going to be the best scenario. So the too long okay. to read that. So I want to I want to uh, pivot this and away from physical because honestly I'm okay. I'm either I'm I'm both uh, I like physical. I just pre ordered the physical Xbox edition with Steelbook for the Gargoyles remaster that's coming October sixteenth nice. for seventy dollars. I'm Holy taking shit. that. I'm taking that hit for you guys xbox fans who are like limited run games doesn't ever do xbox why don't they do more xbox this is an opportunity for you to do this That's right but I, I will say that game is going to be 15 dollars when it comes out so you can most definitely play that for on the cheap um what i wanted to 
pivot this too, though, was is that as someone who predominantly gets most of my purchases digitally, why aren't we working to develop more agency for consumers to give them rights and uh, resell features for digital libraries? Why is everything tied to one account? Why can't I sell a digital copy of a game to someone else or give, give them a digital game that I've purchased when I'm done with it? Yeah. Why is it still tied directly to physical media that you have to hand over to someone? Why can't I do that digitally? That's what I want to know. I mean, when we talk about like NFTs and all that stuff, like the metaverse, it's like they often sell you on you own your digital item, but they never be like, you know, you, you can't you can't trade that item in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it gets into that NFT bro space, but I, I totally get what what where you're getting at. I'm somewhere along that lines as well. It's just like, well, I'm not using this anymore. So can I, yeah. can I sell it to you? But I don't know. Even then I don't, yeah, I don't, like, I don't see it. It's, it's, it, it's tough because I, I don't like the idea of NFTs in games. Um, I'm, I'm leaning into a realm where I'm like, there needs to be some sort of way that I can do something with yeah. the digital content that I've purchased 10 years ago that I don't care about anymore that I can maybe make some money off of that. But I, I've done this in the past. For those of you that don't know, I, I once uh, broke the terms and conditions of uh, Blizzard and I sold my World of Warcraft account that had, you know, four or five collector's editions tied to it. And it was it was just one of those things. I sold the I sold the physical copies. I sold the, the account and I gave someone all of that that access. I just transferred all the information for, from me to them. And that was against terms of service but why because i i owned that content i owned the 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 collector's editions why was it that you could have the collector's editions for a game but you couldn't access the content because it was tied to a specific account i just want to be able to have a way for consumers to have more agency when it comes to this content instead of not being able to access it because X company goes out of business and they shut down the servers or it's against terms of service for the ecosystem that you're buying it through and yeah. they won't let you transfer stuff. That I think is a, a the way of the future, much like how Netflix went from discs to streaming. I think GameStop should be putting their efforts into getting rid of box stores if they if it's going to be focused on physical media, unless it's going to be retro, in which case that should be a, a good path to go through and does for many mom and pops, but also having a means of working on legislation to give consumers more agency. He talks about having uh, consumers being invested in their hard earned money into physical video games. Why don't we have that for, for digital games as well too? That was, yeah. that was my main point about that. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, we, we talk about preservation and how much it sucks and how this seemingly is the first library that's truly transcended uh, ecosystems, but it needs to stay that way. It really does. Um, mm -hmm. And the day it doesn't, we, it, that we're in big trouble. Um, the day they start shutting off servers, which they already started, we're in big trouble. You know, so yeah. I totally get the fear and the rationale there. I, do, I totally do. That said, um, when we talk about terms and services, um, Luke's grandpa, great grandpa, almost brought, broke the terms and services of the Treaty of Versailles. But that's a story for another day. 
have no control at this point. Um, right. the, the, the last couple of things that I wanted to bring up, uh, real quick was that, uh, mega blocks, uh, not Lego has announced that they're making an Xbox 360, um, out of mega blocks. This is in uh, a conjunction with a lot of the halo stuff that they've done. Um, this is very much in line of Lego's, uh, creation that they did with the, the NES. I feel like yep. there was another one that they did. Was it the Atari? And the perhaps Pac-Man I just arcade. remember the SNES. Yeah, got so the little Mario in it. Yeah, yeah. So Mega uh, announced that they're doing the Xbox 360. I think this is really cool looking. It's nice to see that there's little nostalgia trips out there for folks mm-hmm. if they want to do that. I am very curious to know if alongside the green rings uh, that you can put on the little power ring, uh, if they'll include red as well, yeah. um, just for authenticity, and. Uh, just kind of see like where that's going. Do you collect any Lego stuff or Mega Block no. stuff? I know Luke does. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not a child like Luke. I'm a grown man. Um, <laughs> no, I kid, I kid, because I really want the Ahsoka. You see in the that. background here, I have a giant like Lego <laughs> oh, <true>. pirate thing. That's <laughs> true. No, I do hope it comes with like a fake penny that you get to put on the fake CPU. You know. <laughs> Uh, that'd be great. That would be really great. Oh my god! No, this is neat. This is real neat. It's not for yeah. me, but like, it, you know, cute. It's cute. Yeah. Very happy to see stuff like this pop out. Um, yeah. The only other thing that I think uh, I wanted to jump on was that Skull and Bones, uh, the Creative Media Publishing Union, that's part of the uh, Singapore's National Trade Union Congress, started a ballot for ubisoft in singapore uh to allow those that are eligible to vote to vote on uh if they can become a union and unionize there um i think this is fantastic it's really surprising to see uh you know and the government actually stepping in being like hey did you guys want to unionize because i I think in the united states it's up to the people at the studio to to decide if they want to unionize but to have a government back thing to be like hey we're going to open this up if they vote for it you're going to have to honor it Ubisoft came out with a a pretty boilerplate answer on this. They said Ubisoft believes in the importance of listening to our employees, blah, 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 and fostering an open dialogue, blah, blah, blah. And we believe that we have appropriate mechanisms and initiatives in place to continue creating a great workplace. I think if that were the case, people wouldn't have to unionize. That has always been my standpoint on that. Joe, do you have any thoughts on unions? Yeah, maybe they should talk to their female employees about that, <laughs> creating a great place to work. Um, uh, first off, very pro-union. I used to be in a union. It was great. It treated me right. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be very biased here and say, you know what? They take like 50 bucks out of my paycheck, but I get sick leave because of it. So that's great. Um, and health benefits because of it. And I think that's great, too. So that yeah. said, though, um, this is going to be a bummer when the studio gets closed down. Cause let's be real. Uh, they just lost their third creative director. Uh, yeah. This game has supposed to come out. Like it had two hard dates, <laughs> you know, this is supposed <laughs> to come out when Ragnarok came out. Then they pushed it to March. And now it's like, oh, we got a beta. So uh, I don't know, man, this is really messy. It's been really messy over there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys talk about the beta? Because I I did play yeah. through it. Uh, How was it that that weekend? So it it is effectively it's it's a better version of what I've played in the past, which I can't talk about due to NDA. But the the beta okay. that I did play that was out of uh, NDA, I will say, plays and feels uh, a lot like the the 
the black sails sailing okay. part. It is that's effectively what it is. It's it's all of that with uh, a few NPCs on islands that you go to that will kind of get you give you the um the push out the door to to yeah. go out to do different things. Uh, they've got some really fun stuff in there. Like they've got like uh, sea beasts as well as uh, fleets that you can take on. Um, okay. You can party up with other crews to to take those on as well. They have PVE and PVP servers separate uh, if you're just looking to go out and do missions and stuff like that. Um, it's going to be light on story, but I think the the, the gameplay is uh, interesting enough. If you love Assassin's Creed Black Flag, uh, you will enjoy this. Um, the fact that this game has lost its third creative director since 2013 is such a bummer because it doesn't feel like the person that was there um to really like in 2018 to kind of reboot the creative did uh drive for this game mm -hmm. is satisfied and i'm sad to see that uh she ended up leaving but mm -hmm. i i think this game will come out and still find some some good success uh it's it was very popular amongst sea of thieves streamers the weekend okay. that it was rolling uh i know burke black was very happy to, to play and had a lot of time with it and was very sad to see it go it was one of the top streamers um mm -hmm. over on twitch and very pirate themed stuff so if you're into pirates if you're into uh assassin's creed black flag uh this will be one that if you and your friends get together uh and and party up and get your ships together you can go out and have a, a good time with it have some real fun okay. some fun excursions out on the seas and i think they've done a, a good a good enough job doing that i think it'll probably come out around seven probably eight when it comes okay. out it's still pretty okay. it's pretty solid right now all right excellent excellent i can't wait to see for myself <laughs> so that brings us to uh the last listener question that i think um we had for this week thank you again to everyone that wrote in uh and if we missed anything i do apologize uh this question comes into us from todd oxtra says given how long bethesda studio games take to develop do you think we'll see any of their previous games obsidian or oblivion morrowind fallout 3 remade until elder Scrolls 6 or fallout 5 release i think this is a very interesting question because I, I think that if this was still a independent studio like Rockstar, we would be having a much different opinion on whether or not this would happen. But Joe, what do you think is going to happen with these games? Do you think they're going to get remade? Yes. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah Why do you yeah, think they're going to get remade? Because it's going to be a long time till Elder Scrolls six. And if I am uh, the folks over at, you know, xbox studios or bethesda uh, i'm mm -hmm. taking a look at that creative engine too and i'm thinking what can we do with oblivion what can we do with morrowind what can we do with fallout and assessing if it makes sense for these games to be remade in the new engines um but it won't be like something that like bethesda softworks does it'll probably be like a second team you know uh mm. you know akin to a blue point or um wherever the heck you guys have over there. So like a vicarious <laughs> visions, right? So like it's something along those lines. I think that's, yeah. that's what you're going to, it's like, it's like a, a smaller team that's going to be probably working on these and making sure the games look nicer. Yeah. It I, I remakes happening. Remakes and remasters have not really been a forefront for Xbox the last few years, uh, probably even like the last five years. I can't think of any off the top of my head that we've seen 
from past IPs. And and a lot of folks have speculated that the Gears, Gears of Halo War collections, games, you know. Was that five years ago though? Five years ago was the oh, 2018. Enigma. <laughs> we kicked off. When did Halo Master Chief Collection come out? Because that was that was before Sea of Thieves. No, it, it was it was before Sea of Thieves. It was. Um, but like I I wouldn't count it out. I really wouldn't. Okay. I think I don't think um I think it'll happen. God knows how many times they've you know put Skyrim on everything. So I think this will uh, happen. I I think I'm I I can't wait for the uh the uh, Alexa version of Starfield. I think that'll be really fun Dude, to can't uh wait. To romance through okay. through my Alexa. Just shout out what I want to say. Uh try to impregnate my toaster. It's going to be great. <laughs> So um, personally, I don't. I think that Xbox oh, okay. is focused on uh, creating new experiences. I think they're focused on driving content that's fresh to Game Pass. Uh, I think that because Game Pass has the library and the compatibility team has done such a good job with auto HDR, with uh, FPS improvements, um, things like that, that I think that there is still a lot of life in those older mm -hmm. titles. Um, and I think that because... You know, you you have those studios working on. We know pretty much what what Bethesda is working on for the next you know ten years, and a lot yeah. of the other studios as well too. I think they are focused on moving forward as opposed to needing the money to supply uh, the development of those games. I think Microsoft owning them now means a lot in the in the security that comes from it being Microsoft and not having to think like crap. We need to remake Red Dead Redemption for Switch and PS4 because we Fair need enough. an influx of cash. To be on the other to... end, though, I would say uh, content's king. Making sure that you have that content on Game Pass is going to be detrimental. So it's like just keeping on like pushing out, you know, remakes or even just like, you know, remasters, making Oblivion look nicer. It's a good like beat mm. to, to go off of, of just like, hey, maybe it is a, a slow-ish month. Like rumor has it they've been sitting on that Phoenix collection for a minute now. So like there's probably some things that they're they're trying to find out when's the perfect window. But if you're Microsoft and you want that everlasting gobstopper of content, you're yeah. you're gonna look at some of the backlog going, okay. How can I, how can I get people jazzed for Oblivion again? You know, I can't, I mean, so I'm, I'm now thinking about it. I honestly, I see where you're coming from and, and I want to amend my prior statement because I, I think we had talked about like the fact that they haven't done a remaster. Quake 2 just got a 4k 60 remaster that I completely let slip, slip my mind. Uh, and, and, Honestly, like, you know, with them bringing back some of those other older titles and putting in, you know, faster frame rates, higher resolution textures, things like that. If they want to remake Fallout 3, which I think is kind of more the, the, the one that everyone really, really loved um, compared to 4, I, I'd be down for that, honestly. Like, I'd be yeah. fine if they, if they went back and redid it. I can see your point as far as like keeping, you know, the hype train rolling for Bethesda while they work on those other ones and have, have something like, I mean, if Vicarious Visions did it, that'd be fantastic. Um, Toys for Bob, you know, they've got a lot of uh, a, a skill being able to do that kind of work as well too. If the uh, Activision Blizzard deal does go through just fine, I'd be fine with it. I, I just think that Phil, as much as he respects and wants to keep games preserved, I think as long as they're on Game Pass, that's good enough for him but that doesn't take that doesn't take into account the fact that they just did quake 2 so i'm 
I'm of two minds at this point now because I, I was originally thinking like, nah, there's no way. Um, they 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 they're good. They don't have. They got the money to s- s- keep keep things rolling for a while. Yeah, yeah. Again, it, it really can. It could go either way. Yeah. Um, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, I I really appreciate Joe helping me out with recording and editing this. Uh, coming on to to share his opinions on Luke and his family lineage. Um, I really and appreciate his grandpa, it. who's known as the Desert Fox. I think he—that's only like he <laughs> talks about. He just says the Desert Fox. Strange. Uh, and <laughs> Geppetto. Um, yeah. There's lots of weird stuff going on back then. Really? But uh, Joe, thank you for joining me uh, from the PlayStation Trophy Room, host of the PlayStation Trophy Room with Kyle Stevenson. Uh, when do you do your recordings? Where can people find the PlayStation content to hear more about how much you're playing Starfield and who you're romancing? I just I want to know from the audience how different this felt. You know what the different energy. You know, did you mm. like it? Did you like what I was offering this week? It's fine if you say <laughs> no. It's okay. I won't. I won't get hurt by it. Just a little offended. Uh, no, of course. As always, my name is Joseph, aka Mister Badbit, and you can find us record the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, live each and every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or you could catch the show each and every Thursday where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation, wherever you get your podcast feed of service or choice is, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you find us, you can find the show there. Uh, we are currently doing a Spider-Man PlayStation 5 DualSense giveaway. If you rate the show five stars over on Apple Podcasts <laughs> or Spotify, I'll ship it anywhere. Name a country. Lithuania? <laughs> all right, I'll ship it there. Just rate us five stars over at uh, iTunes and uh, Spotify. Yeah, I actually want that controller because I didn't buy the plates and I didn't buy the I'm not going to buy the D brand plates, but I do. I do really want that controller because I I don't have a backup for the main one that I I still have my original PlayStation 5 controller. No drift. Still working just fine. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me. if you guys want to get a hold of us uh, over on the Xbox Expansion Pass, make sure that you search out Insipid Ghost on Twitter, X, uh, whatever it's called these days, or over on, uh, I think it's Blue Sky, um, OnlyFans, uh, Farmers Now, or Farmers, I can't remember what Farmers only. He's got Farmers Only. Farmers, farmers Only, next yep. to Furries Only. Uh, and make sure that you guys are uh, liking, subscribing the video. And yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not going to be, It's I'm, I'm not Luke. I can't do what Luke does but joseph and i are here we're we're wanting to get some conversation out to help make your week better so hopefully that's the case and hopefully you guys love me uh as as well if you want you can always find me on uh twitter at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n thank you all so much for listening and thank you for playing xbox and not playstation let's go